everybody. Welcome to another episode of Laguna Beach, the podcast. As always, it's your host, Kelly. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have some news. I said that I was going to not be here for a few weeks in August. We were going to miss some episodes, but that is not true anymore. Massachusetts, they have harder um, travel restrictions. And with my mom being sick, my brother with his medical issues that he's having, you know, I, I don't want to put my friends in a situation where they feel like they have to see me right after I got off a plane. I was kind of like, you know what? I probably shouldn't travel right now, especially because Nashville has become a hot spot for COVID. So I will not be missing any episodes this month or next month, I should say. Hoping to go home at the end of September if things change. You know, I told my dad and he was like, fly into Rhode Island. We can sneak you in. I'm like, no, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be sad and stay here. But luckily, I now have a new soundtrack to be sad with, which is Folklore by Taylor Swift. When I tell you I cried happy tears finding out that Taylor was dropping a surprise album, I wish I was joking. I feel like (laughs) I was like, wow, I really need this right now. But I'm going to talk about that at the very end. I know not everyone who listens is a big Taylor fan. Totally understand. Totally respect that. So I'm going to do the recap, some pop culture stuff, and then the full folklore Um, I'm going to go over the whole album. So I did, I I need to stop reading reviews because sometimes they really hurt my feelings. But one recent one said that I've been flying through recaps. And I'm going to be honest, I have been because I've been waiting for this episode. I feel like with The Hills, sometimes we just get stuck. Like we get stuck at certain episodes or certain storylines. But this is the episode. I think that this episode defines The Hills, defines a series, defined a generation. And I'm excited to get into it. I don't know if you saw my Instagram story, but I was like, I get to do this episode and I get to break down Taylor Swift's new album. Hell yeah, this is like my Super Bowl. Like if I don't get any live sport, or I guess baseball is playing, which by the way, the cutout people, like the cardboard cutout people in the baseball stands have been making me like crack up. I saw some guy hit a home run and it hit one of the cutouts right in the head. And I, I don't know why I thought it was so funny. But then there are also really powerful moments that are being completely killed because of these cardboard cutouts in the background. Like Mookie Betts took a knee during the national anthem and his two teammates like stood by and put their hands on his shoulder in solidarity. But these motherfucking cardboard cutouts in the background, I'm like, oh my God, this picture would have been fantastic if it didn't have Getty images behind them, like, ugh, stock photos. I guess Getty images are not stock photos. Sorry about that. But yeah, you will not be missing me for a week. I know that's very exciting. But let's get into this episode of The Hills. I am telling you right now, there are a few audio clips and one of them is pretty long. I'll still give you the heads up because I know sometimes audio clips bug people. But how about this? Before we get into the episode, let's all just take a deep breath. Let's Inhale the negativity, exhale positivity, because I feel like we've all been pretty frustrated lately, and myself included. I mean, I got really upset at work this week for something I did. You know, it was a mistake I made, but I got really upset just because I feel like we're all kind of over this, but we can't be over what's happening because we need to stop it so we can go home and visit family and so we can go to concerts and... Yeah, but I hope you guys have had a nice week. I am really excited to get into this episode. And like I said, um, very end is going to be the Taylor folklore. I'm going to go over the whole album, talk about it, talk about my thoughts, my feelings. You know how I do. But again, I know not everybody loves Taylor like I love Taylor. (laughs) 
So I wanted to put that at the end so nobody has to like skip ahead and like miss stuff. So this episode is 314 and it is forgive and forget. You know what episode this is, right? You know it. Now you know it. Maybe you didn't know it at first, but now you definitely know it. But this is it. And in my opinion, this has to be one of the greatest moments in reality TV of all time. And it defined a series, like I said, defined my whole life. And I still quote it, as do a lot of people, not just because I run this page, okay? But we start off the episode with the recap, as Lauren does every episode. We find out that Audrina was promoted from receptionist and now has her own cubicle. And throughout the episode, they bring this up a little bit, but they never say her new title, so I'm kind of curious what it is. And then we are reminded that Heidi won't admit to Spencer spreading rumors and this quote is actually very, very interesting. I liked it. It kind of set up this um, episode perfectly. But Lauren says, Unfortunately, Heidi works for one of the biggest event planners in Hollywood. Every party invitation is a possible confrontation. Oh my God, chills. Those are some Taylor Swift lyrics. Like, I am surprised Taylor hasn't used that in a song yet. All right, Taylor's at the end. I'm sorry. But we start off the episode at Teen Vogue and Lisa wants the girls to go to an event about power of the vote. She's like, go enjoy yourself. You know how usually for events, she's like, please behave. You're representing this company. You have to be on your best behavior. Well, this time she's like, just go and have fun. And the girls are kind of like, oh, hell yeah. And this is when it was the voter die movement. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was really big on MTV. It was in like all all like American Eagle and teen people and celebrities really wanted people to vote. I feel like it got big when it was John Kerry against George Bush. So celebrities started to really try and get young people to vote. And the girls end up looking at the guest list and it's wild. It's a huge event. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio's on the list, Jake Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo, just to name a few. And then we also find out that Brent Bolthouse is on the advisory board. And you can see Lauren's face just sink, right? Like, you can see her be like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm probably going to see Heidi. And then Whitney's like, will Heidi be there? And Lauren says, I don't know. And then Whitney goes, I guess we'll just have to get there and handle the situation accordingly. Like, I kind of love that Whitney's ready to throw down with Heidi. Because at this point, Whitney is more than a work wife. Whitney is a friend to Lauren. And I think if, I mean, I know Heidi and Lauren were friends kind of before the Hills started. But I think if any of these people to be like real life friends without a TV show or anything, it would have been Whitney and Lauren. On that note, I don't think they're as close as they once were. But now Whitney posts a lot of things from Little Market. So maybe they're friendly again. So now we're at Bolt House and Heidi and New Elodie, whose name is really Kimberly. So I'm going to start calling her Kimberly because New Elodie is a lot to say. And Kimberly's just Kimberly. I'm sorry, my accent. I'm sorry. It kind of came out right there. Um, Kimberly is just easier to say. But they're making coffee and Heidi says she's going to the Declare Yourself event. And Kimberly's going too. Kimberly's like, cool, I'll let you know when I'm there. And then like it's a, such a quick turnaround because we're at the event. We're at the red carpet. And they show a few people I kind of recognize. They show, I don't know if you guys, if you watch the OC, you'll know who I'm talking about. But they show the teacher from the OC who hooked up with Taylor Townsend. He's been in other stuff, but that's where I remember him most for. And then we see Justin Timberlake walking into the event. Very exciting. And just behind him, Lauren and Whitney are going into the event. And it's kind of funny. I love when Whitney and Lauren talk about Lisa Love. Because Whitney's like, yeah, she actually said enjoy yourself. Because again, usually they get like, you have to be good. You, you know, you're, you're representing Teen Vogue. You have to be on your best behavior. But this time she's like, let loose, have fun, whatever. 
So Whitney and Lauren are getting their drinks and Lauren comes over and she's like, the ridiculous Hawkeye from Devil Wears Prada is right over there. And I wonder if she means Adrienne Grenier, Simon Baker, or my personal favorite, Stanley Tucci. But the girls are scoping out the party and they're like, there are a lot of cute guys here. So they're on the prowl. These girls are on the prowl. And after I just said that, like, you're hearing my train of thoughts, but I was like, oh, we don't see Brody in this episode. And I feel like maybe we didn't really see him much last episode. So I guess Brody is on the back burner for right now. But guess who is about to walk in after they mention the hot guys? Heidi and Kimberly. And I have to say, Heidi looks fantastic in this scene. She looks absolutely beautiful. I think season three, Heidi, everything was very much on point. She looked beautiful. But now you have to see, like, you you need to watch this episode, okay? Because... Right when they're walking in, Lauren and Whitney are walking out, but it's like choreographed perfectly. So you watch Lauren and Whitney walk out. And then in the same frame, you see Heidi and Kimberly walk in. So it's like they just barely missed one another. It's a perfect shot. If you're watching it, keep that in mind. So Lauren and Whitney find a table outside. And Whitney goes, wait, why didn't Audrina come to this? And Lauren goes, because Lisa only gave us two tickets and she's on a date. And immediately Whitney's like, Justin Bobby, and Lauren just nods her head, yes. Now we leave the party for a minute to go check out this date that Audrina is on. And under Justin Bobby's name, it says Audrina's boyfriend. And I don't know if it's the first time. I have no idea. I guess I've never caught that before. But the two sit at the bar, and we find out that Justin Bobby is trying to dread his hair. Audrina's like, why don't you just get that stuff where you can dread your hair easily? And he goes, because that's not the point of dreading your hair. And she's like, okay. But Audrina also tells him about her promotion. And she's like, I get to work with artists now. I get to help them. She says, we get to work with Sean Kingston and he's performing on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And she says she's a little nervous, but she's trying to open up. She's like, I'm trying to be open to it. I'm trying not to get too nervous. And what does Justin Bobby do? Like, during her, her little, you know, shine to tell him, hey, I'm nervous about this, can you please give me some words of wisdom? He takes back a shot and then burps in her face. The whole scene, Justin's just, like, really fidgety and seems like he's trying to focus his eyes, but they're having another date tomorrow, basically. He's like, you didn't answer my call last week. And she was like, I didn't see your call. Did you leave a message? And he goes, if I tell you I called, then I called. And it's just weird. I mean... Like I said, these two are very beautiful, but you know they're no good for one another. But he's talking about the date, and you're like, okay, maybe he's really trying to be there for our girl, Audrina. Nope, he just keeps ripping his burps and, like, doing weird laughs, and Audrina's just, like, nodding her head, like, okay. And I understand Justin has said on multiple occasions that being on camera made him really uncomfortable, but, like, that's in a whole nother level, right? Like, burping in people's faces and stuff, that's a bit much in my opinion. And now we are back to the party, And if you watch this, you'll see kind of a plain shirt with the word vote across it. And all the people who are working the event are wearing that. And immediately, I can remember it from American Eagle. My mom, I've talked about this a little bit. She worked at American Eagle when when I was in high school so we could get the discount so I could get nice clothes. But she got those shirts for free. American Eagle somehow had a connection and I don't know. 
just a random thing. If you're watching it, I'm sure like it'll it'll pop something in your head. But we see Kim and Heidi chatting and then Heidi slowly like makes her way over to Lauren. And Whitney goes, oh my God, there's Heidi right there. And you just see Lauren like tense up, like freeze up. And then Heidi looks at Kimberly and she goes, do you remember that girl I told you about? She's standing right there. As if Kimberly doesn't know who Lauren Conrad is, but she like nods her head and goes, oh, wow. So Heidi and Kimberly are like trying to sneak their way over. And remember that at this point, Lauren refused to film with Heidi. So that's why Heidi's been so much like on the outskirts and there hasn't been any real interaction between the two of them because Lauren was refusing to film. So the producers had to kind of ambush her and surprise her. And in a way, I wonder if they did this because this is a professional event and Lauren cannot storm out. I guess she probably could have stormed out, but it probably wouldn't have looked great. And Whitney looks at Lauren and she goes, she's like right there. Is this horrible for you? And Lauren's putting away her phone. So I'm wondering if she was texting producers, but you can tell that she's uncomfortable and pissed and just like not into this. But Heidi goes right up to her and starts talking because in a way, I feel like Heidi knows Lauren is not going to act out at an event like this. But I'm going to play an audio clip. So get ready in three, two, one. I just haven't talked to you, so I wanted to see how you're doing and what's going on. If you want to apologize to me, I'll talk to you. Well, you know that I didn't do anything, so... Having your boyfriend do your dirty work doesn't make you innocent. My dirty work? I don't have anything to do with it. Your sex tape and whatever has nothing to do with me. You think it's okay for someone to say those things about people and go on and think it's funny? I mean, nothing's funny. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with you? No, it has nothing nothing to do with you at all. No. You think it's okay that he went and did that? That That my boyfriend went... It's okay? I have nothing to do with you and anything that you've done with your ex-boyfriend. That has nothing to do with me, Lauren. Okay, you can keep saying that and make yourself think you're a a good person, but you're a bad person. I didn't do anything wrong. Okay, so have a great night. And I think I said this on another episode. I don't care if the sex tape rumor was real, if it was fake, or anything like that. I just think it was such a shitty thing. Like, if Lauren did say to Heidi, Jason and I made this sex tape, And for her to tell Spencer, like, I get it, they're dating. But then for Spencer to, like, go around and call people and sell it to tabloids, like, that's a shitty thing. I understand he didn't like Lauren. I understand that she wasn't nice to him and all that. But, like, that's that's just, in my opinion, that's a pretty shitty thing to do. So the next morning we were at the Audrina and Lauren apartment. And we have a Lauren and Audrina moment on the couch and Audrina is also wearing this green like military type hat that I wish I could pull off. But Lauren tells Audrina about the Heidi encounter and this is another audio clip that I'm going to play. I know that the audio clip I just played was a little shitty because they were out, but I always forget that that little confrontation even happened. But now I'm going to play the Audrina and Lauren clip in one second. She, like, came up and tried to talk to me like everything was normal. Did she come up by herself? some other girl was there with her. And she's like, hi, how are you? Like, you know, this is so silly. And I was just like, well, you know, like, you did a bad thing. It's not silly. You said these things about me. She's like, I had everything to do with it. Whether she said things about me or not, she knows that Spencer did. And she knew he was doing it. it And she sat there and let it happen. Sometimes doing nothing is just as bad. What did she say? It's nothing? She just, she's in such denial. How do you go to sleep at night, like, next to someone knowing they can do terrible things like that to people? She used to be so, like, and just fun. It will change. 
But after that, Lauren asks if Audrina is excited about Sean Kingston and Audrina just goes, yeah, I need to get ready. So Audrina gets up and Audrina gets ready. And now we're at Jimmy Kimmel's studios and we see Audrina and the team coming through the main hallway. There are a bunch of framed pictures of a bunch of legends and Sean's like standing behind Audrina and she goes, you'll be on this wall someday, like all excited. But you know what sucks? They are at Soundcheck and of course MTV did not want to pay royalties. So it is horrible elevator music, like especially in this scene. It's the worst elevator music I've heard since I've been doing the rewatch for sure. But Sean's doing his thing up there and Audrina's like smiling and just seems really excited and it's actually cool to see her seem at least passionate about something. And she's talking to Kiara and she's like, I'm not going to make it to date night with Justin. We were supposed to meet at seven and we won't get out of here past eight. And then she goes, I mean, I could have him come by and immediately Kiara goes, no, don't do that. You're at work. And Audrina's kind of like, yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) Like. No, Audrina, sorry, Justin Bobby can't come see Sean Kingston at Jimmy uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Now we are back at Teen Vogue, and Lauren walks in, and Whitney's like, how are you? And she goes, she doesn't really say much, she just kind of shrugs her shoulders, and she's like, she won't apologize, and until she does that, I have nothing to say about the Heidi situation. I should have said that. But then Lauren just says nervously, she's on my freaking I.M., And then we get a shot of Heidi singing all alone in her apartment with the jellyfish just typing away on the Mac laptop that I believe is Spencer's laptop. But, you know, I was wondering what their screen names were, but then I think Spencer says like his Apple chat, iChat, and I don't know if you had screen names for iChat. I still don't use a Mac, so I don't know. But um, Lauren's like reading out the messages and she goes, she said, I think we should meet up and talk. And while this is all happening, Whitney's in the background like, What's happening? What is going on? Like, Whitney wants to know what's going on. She wants to be in the know. And Lauren's just sitting there quietly. And it it goes back and forth like this. This is what Heidi says. I think we should meet up. Lauren says, what do you want to talk about? Heidi says, I would like to put everything behind us. When can you meet? And then Lauren says, come to my apartment after work. And it's just such a tense scene. And of course, Whitney's like, sorry, I wasn't trying to be annoying. I just want to make sure you're okay. And Lauren's kind of like, no, I'm not okay, but what else am I going to do? Production's making me do this. So we're still backstage with Jimmy Kimmel and Sean Kingston is signing papers or pictures, Kelly, not just papers. He's signing pictures of himself and CDs. And it seems like he's trying to be like weirdly flirty with Audrina. And I'm like, are they trying to say that Audrina and Sean Kingston have some kind of chemistry? But I think Audrina goes, you rocked it. And he goes, don't say rocked it. You can say things like, I killed it, I shut it down, but don't say rock the house. And Audrina's like nodding her head. She's like, okay, saying rock the house isn't a cool thing to say. But Audrina and Kiara walk out and Audrina's like, I really want to call Justin. And Kiara says no. So I feel like there was something missing in this episode because Kiara is very against Audrina calling Justin at all. And I know they're at work. I know all that stuff. But I wonder if there was like a deleted scene that Justin did something or if Kiara is just like, dude, enjoy your night and don't worry about your fuckboy boyfriend who's going to burp in your face. Now we have a quick Spidey scene and Spencer is sitting there on his laptop. And when Heidi walks in, he's like, hello, sweetheart. And then he says he saw Heidi's eye chat and he's like, well, unless hell freezes over, then I don't know what's going on. And Heidi said she just wants to talk and apologize. And Spencer's like, be careful, you're going right into the lion's den. And then Heidi says a quote, which I can picture 2020 Heidi saying. She goes, life's too short to have all this anger and hatred. Like, I feel like that would be on Pratt Prayers or something like that. 
So Heidi gets up and leaves, and we're back at Epic Records, and it seems like it's the next day. I don't think it's the same day. Like I said, sometimes I feel like it just doesn't make sense, like the the storyline and like the timeline, I guess I could say. But we're back at Epic Records, and Sean sent flowers to the girls, and Kiara's like, cool. She's like, she's super proud of Audrina, and Audrina's proud of herself, and she should be. You know, getting a promotion's a big deal, and I don't, I feel like Audrina really did work at Epic. I think that's a true story. I know she really worked at Coyote, and that's where she met Justin Bobby, but I'm pretty sure she also really worked at Epic. But now here it is. Here it is, guys. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm excited. But the lead up to this moment is amazing. Heidi pulls up, grabs yellow roses, which means friendship, I believe. Then she's walking around the pool and it's very reminiscent of like the first episode of the whole series. But she rings the doorbell and Lauren's already in a bad mood. Lauren does not want to do this. You know production kind of forced this to happen. She does not want to be there. But she's about to read Heidi to filth. Again, a thing I really want to try and say more, but it just doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth. But this whole scene, it just gives me life. It gives me chills. I mean, put I want to forgive you and I want to forget you on my grave, okay? Put that on my tombstone. But Heidi walks in with the roses and she's like, this looks different. And Lauren's like, it's very different. (laughs) Like just monotone, not into this conversation at all. This is very clean. Did a maid come? No, Audrina makes me clean. And then, like, uh, Heidi's response to Audrina makes me clean is congratulations. It is very bizarre. I mean, what a, I mean, she, she, Heidi probably doesn't want to be there either. Let me say that. I mean, obviously, Lauren doesn't want to do this, but I highly doubt that Heidi was, like, excited for this confrontation. But Heidi does, like, another weird little thing. She, like, puts her, (laughs) she puts her hand on the coffee table and, like, wipes it to check for dust or something. (laughs) But I am going to play an audio clip. This is a very long audio clip, but it's 100% necessary. I feel like if I did not play this full scene, then it just, it wouldn't be right. I mean, that that would go against everything that is Hill's history. So I'm going to play that um, audio clip in three, two, one. I just want to talk to you. And I'm so sorry about how things went the other night when I saw you. Just been so frustrated and I know. You have been too, and so many he said, she said, stupid rumors and this and that, and I can swear to you on my life and to God and to everything that I really had nothing to do with that. But did Spencer? I mean, I don't know if Spencer had anything to do with that. You're lying to me. I'm not lying. If Spencer did anything, I'm sorry on his behalf. I can't control Spencer. I have nothing to do you with know Spencer. You know he did it, though, Heidi. Don't look at me and tell me that you don't know because you know. I you know. think I had an idea what was I going on? I think that you know that Spencer did this. I think you don't want to believe it because you love him, and I understand that. Because sometimes when you love people, you want to believe they're good. Or he's not bad. He's not bad. He did this to me, and you want me to say he's a good person? Yeah, but I really, I really, really wish you could know how bad it was. I mean, I wish I could take it back. You don't think that I miss you as a friend? You don't think that I wish that none of this happened? I had no idea anything was happening. I really had no idea. Sometimes whether you did something or you did nothing, it's just as bad. I'm not Spencer, and I can't control Spencer. How can you hate someone so much that you literally want to make them wish they were dead? Spencer doesn't hate you. I'm so sorry. If, this is I'm the so person sorry about that all this. went around and made calls and made an effort to make sure 
that everyone would hear these things about me. This is the person that you want to marry and spend the rest of your life with. And you have to live with that. Lauren, I love Spencer. Good. And I'm so you, sorry. You know what? You really must love him to stick by him through all this. I'm not saying Spencer's an angel. Well, I didn't come here to fight with you. I really didn't. I just came here to say I really am sorry for all that you've been through. And I'm so sorry for things that have happened this way. And I, I really... appreciate that. It was really hard for you to apologize. I understand that. And I really do appreciate it. But the only thing really that there is to do is to forgive and forget. So I really do. I want to forgive you. And I want to forget you. Yeah. Well, this it was great seeing you. Your apartment looks great. And I hope you have a great life. So have a great night, Lauren. And there it is, guys. There it fucking is. I cannot tell you how much I love that scene, how much I love the dialogue in that scene, how much I love everything. And after watching that, oh, actually, like watching it with a new set of eyes, new set of ears, I should say, when I'm a little older and like get it a little more when she was like, he called people, he made calls to make this happen, called the paparazzi, called Perez Hilton, called whoever he needed to get that out there. And a lot of people say Jason is the one who spread the rumors about the sex tape. Maybe Jason told people, I don't know, but I don't think Jason was out there calling Prez Hilton. Jason was dealing with his own shit during this time. But after watching that, it kind of reminded me of like the housewives when they do something wrong and they won't admit to it because that's kind of what Heidi was doing. She's like, I don't know. I had nothing to do with it. If it was Spencer, I'm sorry it was him. And do I think she needs to take all the blame for Spencer? No, but also I feel like you're dating a piece of shit who's like throwing your friend under the bus, but then you're all, your friend also never gave him time a day so I think it I think Heidi was in a really difficult spot actually I will say that I think Heidi was in a difficult spot I do think Heidi kind of wanted to be friends with Lauren to become famous I think Spencer always wanted fame so it was kind of like a diabolical disaster when they met but I don't know I feel like Heidi did want Lauren as a friend but also wanted to be with Spencer and also didn't like stop Spencer from spreading rumors but everyone makes their own choices so I don't know. I understand. I understand both sides of this. And I feel like most people think I'm only team Lauren and that's not the truth. Do I like Spencer? No. Do I think that Lauren was like too hard on him? Yes. Do I think Heidi had a kind of a difficult situation she was in? Yeah, I do. I think that she loved somebody and she also loved her friend Lauren, but it just didn't really work out. So yeah, that is how the episode ends. And I mean, you can't top that. Like that is one of the best moments of The Hills. That's one of the best moments of reality TV. So let's just, let's take a moment. Let's relish in that. And I forgot, like, not forgot, but re-watching it when she's like, I love him. And Lauren's like, you must really love him. <laughs> it cracks me up because of how much Spencer loves Taylor Swift. And someone actually, I guess I can talk about this a little bit before I get into the Taylor Swift of it all. Someone was like, are you jealous that Spencer gets Taylor Swift's press kits? Fuck yeah, I'm jealous. How do I get that? Like, how do I get that? You know that growing up, Taylor was Team Lauren. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I can admit that that, like, makes me upset because I love Taylor Swift so much. Like I said, the first time he played Look What You Made Me Do, he was with Jason in his in, in his Snapchat story, and it was directed towards Lauren, but then he started doing it, like, every day and kind of made it a thing. So I guess every morning I just need to play Look What You Made Me Do, and eventually I can also get PR kits. Whew. I did not take a breath that whole time. 
So that is the episode. Thank you guys for walking through that with me. And I will put a little more effort into the recaps. I know that the last few episodes I haven't really been doing that. I just feel like we were so stuck in certain spots with the storyline. But now we can move it forward, right? Now we have that fight. Now the lines are drawn in the sand. So some stuff that have ha- that has happened in pop culture. Unfortunately, Regis Philbin passed away. Um, growing up, I loved Regis Philbin. I loved um, Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, then Live with Regis and Kelly. In second grade, I had mono. No one really knows how I got it. But I used to only go to school from like 10 to 1 p.m., maybe 2 But I had to sleep. I was tired. I couldn't do a whole school day. And this was near the end of um, second grade. So it was in June. So every morning, my great aunt came to live with us because my mom had to go to work. But I needed, obviously, she needed someone to take care of me in the mornings. And I would get picked up by like a little red school van right around lunchtime. We get driven to school and then do the afternoon there. But um, but yeah, in the mornings, me and my great aunt, we would watch Live with Regis and Kathy Lee. And I loved it. I remember. And then I also loved like Live with Regis and Kelly. I worked at a nursing home for a little bit and we all would watch that together. But Kathy Lee's post was so nice. And you know what? This is going to be something maybe a little unfair to say. Kelly Ripa posted something and it sucked. Maybe, maybe she's going to wait a few days and post something bigger. But it was like, from us, meaning her and Ryan. And I just, I, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm kind of like, Kelly, there have been a lot of rumors about you. And I hope none of them are true because I love Kelly Ripa. And I think that whole family is so beautiful. But I'm hoping that maybe, maybe in a few days, she'll post something more heartfelt. But it just seems so ice cold, I guess. And I feel like they didn't leave on the best of terms. And Regis has openly said that like, Kelly didn't talk to him anymore. But I don't know, it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I was kind of like, come on, Pippa. That's what Regis called her, Pippa. But that's unfortunate. I mean, Regis was like America's grandpa, in my opinion. Eyes on Betty White, guys. We need to keep Betty White. (laughs) All eyes on Betty White. So Sierra and Russell Wilson welcomed a baby boy named Wynn. And I love this couple. I don't talk about them a lot because they're so like non-problematic and just beautiful and love one another. One thing I love is Russell Wilson's relationship with her son, Future who she had with the rapper Future. I feel like they just have such a little bond and it's so sweet to watch their videos together. But they had another child named him Win W-I-N. And do I love that name? No. But is it my child? No. <laughs> so if they like it, that's all that matters. And that baby's gonna be so beautiful, have a great bank account. And yeah, I got a lot of DMs about Megan Fox saying that MGK and her are twin fire signs or twin fire souls or whatever. I don't know. I still think it's PR. Maybe they are actually really in love, but I I predict it's going to crash and burn by November. I think Thanksgiving, they'll be broken up and they'll be on to the next one. Um, They said it on Lala from Vanderpump Rules in Randall's podcast. And I mean, Randall is directing his first film and those two are co-stars on it. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. To me, I just see that and I'm like, okay, that's PR. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that it's PR. And also, Lala deleted all photos of her and Randall. And I feel like she's doing that just to get people to talk about her. <laughs> like, I feel like every year she's like, I'm just going to delete all our photos together and make people think we broke up. And he's like, whatever. As long as nobody's talking about me in 50 Cent, who cares? So Kanye this week, Kanye was supposed to drop a new album on Friday and he did not. He didn't end up dropping the album. But he did go on some tweets. He did say a lot of tweets and he said a lot of things about Chris and Kim. 
And Kim put up a really beautiful statement. I don't have it on me. I did not screenshot it. But it was basically like Kanye is suffering and I don't I'm not going to let this play out in the public. I'm not going to do any of that. Just know we love him. We take care of him. And I really thought that was great. You know, I am not a fan of the Kardashians. I've said that a hundred times. But when they do something good, like I can see that. And I genuinely think it's good that they didn't milk this for publicity, I guess. And I know that sounds sick, but I feel like a lot of things that the Kardashians do are all for publicity. But this one, I really think Kim is taking a step back. And Kanye actually tweeted an apology to Kim. Do I think they're seeing each other? Like, I don't know. I have no idea if they're going to be seeing one another or if they have been in contact. He hasn't said. But I know Dave Chappelle went up to Wyoming to see Kanye. I know a few other people have. Damon Dash, I believe, was one of them. Justin Bieber swung by. But I I hope Kanye gets the help that he needs. I think Kanye is an incredible creative mind. But if you're sick, you're sick. And I just, I hope that he gets the help he needs and puts out some good music. Or if he never puts out music again, that's totally fine too. Whatever, whatever helps him. Demi Lovato got engaged. And yeah, so Demi's engaged. Do you guys know I worry about Demi? She seems very happy, so that's exciting. I hope that this works out for her. This Her fiancé used to allegedly be like a really big Selena fan and would like be on all of her li- Instagram lives commenting all over it. But maybe he was just a fanboy. I don't know how him and Demi met, but I guess he proposed two years to the day after her overdose where she almost passed away. So let's hope Demi stays strong, right? Like, let's... Hope for the best. I'm trying to be positive, trying to be more positive because 2020 has really fucking sucked. In this pop culture moment is something that I didn't know I'd be excited about, but I am excited about. Dave Franco is going to be portraying Vanilla Ice in a biopic. Bio, biopic. Yeah, I'm going to go with biopic. Um, I'm really excited about it. I didn't know that I was like a Dave Franco fan until I watched The Disaster Artist. I guess I've never really seen him in anything other than Neighbors, but I'm excited to see him be Vanilla Ice, and I'm actually really interested in this movie. Um, the Disaster Artist is on Netflix, and I watched it a few weeks ago, and it's an incredible movie. I was like, wow, this might be in, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know. I'm trying to think of anything else before I get into the Taylor Swift folklore stuff. I love the new Dixie Chicks album, Gaslighter. If you like Dixie Chicks, they're, it's a great, great album how do you sleep is such a good song it's such a big fuck you to her ex-husband too but that's kind of all I got right now um and now is the time if you're not a Taylor Swift fan just just hit end it's okay I understand but I did get a lot of requests to talk about this album so I'm going to so sit back relax and let's talk about this motherfucking surprise album So let's be clear, Taylor Swift did us all a favor and dropped her eighth studio album, which was a complete and total surprise. Apparently her label barely even knew about it. She said she just kind of sprung it on them. Hey, she's with a new label. She's going to do what she wants and I'm here for it. Now, I know that she said she put this together during quarantine, but back when Lover was being released... People thought that it was going to be a double album, and honestly, I wonder if she had some of these songs up her sleeve back then, because I feel like even It's Nice to Have a Friend could fit perfectly with this album. I always felt like in Lover, that song was kind of like, oh, why is that out there? Like, it just didn't fit with the vibes. 
and it would have totally fit with these vibes. But anyway, we needed this, so thank you, Taylor, for helping us with some sad songs. As you all probably know, I fucking love Taylor Swift, and I have for a really long time. Some people have told me that they thought only little kids like Taylor Swift, but I want to be clear about one thing. I was 15 when Taylor first started coming out with music. I grew up with her. So yeah, I mean, I heard Picture to Burn, and I was like, I gotta support this curly-haired girl, and I have to download it on LimeWire right now. But we don't need my history with Taylor. A lot of you wanted me to to talk about my top Taylor songs, not only from this album, but of all time. So we're going to start there. And I just want to be clear, my top songs change with the seasons, and I'm sure of it. And I'm going to give you 13 in no specific order. You know why I picked 13 if you're a Taylor fan. And I will say this, I did not put All Too Well on the list because I don't think that's fair. In my opinion, that's her best song ever. And I feel like if you talk to most of her fans, they'll agree that it is like, the best lyrically put together song that she's ever done. So like I said, this is in no specific order, but I'm gonna say Haunted, I Almost Do, The Way I Loved You, Getaway Car, Delicate, Cornelia Street, Cruel Summer, Should Have Said No, Blank Space, Mad Woman, New Year's Day, Enchanted, and You're Not Sorry. Those are my 13 songs. I'm locking them in and it's probably going to change next week. So yeah, that's just how it goes. But I love me some sad or angry Taylor. Um, I know that some people want her to be happy and in love. And honestly, in her personal life, sure. Like, hell yeah, be happy, be in love. Taylor, do what you're doing. But I want that angst. I want lyrics that will rip me apart. And that's what folklore did for me. Okay, so I have a very specific way to listen to a new Taylor album. My step-by-step goes as follows. Step one, listen to the first 30 seconds of every song. Step two, listen to track five. Step three, go to Twitter and see how the younger fellow Swifties feel about the album. Step four, typically I like track seven. I feel like every album, track seven's good because it's like that midway point and the artist doesn't want to lose you. Then I listen to the album at work or just bopping around my house, just kind of getting the vibes for it, not really listening to the lyrics. And then I plan out a drive. And driving to new Taylor Swift, there's nothing like it. I figure out my route and I just take everything in. And what's funny is I was kind of like driving through the back roads of Nashville. And I was like, holy shit, I am listening to the new Taylor Swift album by myself, cruising through the back back streets. (laughs) I don't know. Sorry, that cracked me up. Cruising through the side streets of Nashville and just taking in all the scenes that Taylor has probably driven herself. How exciting. Another thing you guys wanted is my top album lineup, and it's going to make you angry. I'm telling you this right now. You guys are not going to be happy with my placement of 1989. I was just, I was not a 1989 fan. And I know everyone says it's one of the best pop albums of all time. I just didn't care for it. Which is kind of funny because I liked all of the lead singles and I liked the song Clean, but that's kind of about it. Like that album just didn't speak to me when she released it and I've tried to revisit it. I feel like How You Get the Girl is the song that like I hate so much from that album. But I mean, 1989, it just never did it for me. And at this point, Red has also moved down the list and it's really just a big old mess, okay? Number one, Reputation. Then Folklore, Speak Now, Lover, Fearless, Red, 1989, and then her debut album, Taylor Swift. And I know, I know it's not going to get great feedback, but I just said all that out loud, but I said it, and I'm going to stick with it. Honestly, I feel like depending on the day, Speak Now, Lover, and Fearless could all be swapped around. So one thing I always tell people is that you listen to Taylor for her lyrics, 
She may not have these huge powerhouse vocals like, say, Alicia Keys or Kelly Clarkson, but she can sing. Her power is in her lyrics, okay? In my opinion, she's one of the best songwriters out there right now. She's an amazing writer. And while listening to Folklore, I thought, like, wow, Taylor knows a lot of words. Like, I wonder if she just sits there and, like, chills with a dictionary or a thesaurus and just figures out words that I'm going to have to look up later to realize why I'm sad. But one thing that Taylor also said is that this is a concept album rather than from real life experiences. She said a little bit of real life stuff, but it's mostly just, you know, she had all these ideas during quarantine and decided to put them out into song. But someone on the Laguna Beach Facebook group actually mentioned that Melodrama by Lord was also a concept album. But let's be clear, that shit was extremely personal. And another one of my favorite albums is Melodrama. In my opinion, there are no skips. But I don't really have a list of my favorite songs just yet. I have a top four, though. I'm going to say Mad Woman, Betty, Illicit Affair, Exile. Okay, so it's five. I'm sorry. It's top five. So like I said, Mad Woman, Betty, Illicit Affair, Exile, and My Tears, Ricochet. Now, if it's okay with you, I'm going to go through each song, and I'm not going to go, and I'm not someone who can get into all the Easter eggs. I let the young Taylor fans do that. They have time on their hands. I work. I just like listening to her songs and her lyrics. Sometimes I can pick up on an Easter egg here and there, but I'm really not the best at it. This is just me kind of like talking through my feelings of the songs. So if you really wanted those Easter eggs, there are a few peppered in here. But I'm sorry. Kate Kennedy, who does Be There in Five, she does great deep dives. Definitely check her out. But she opens the album with a song called The One. And this song will make you want to call your ex, but don't do it. The line, if one thing had been different, would everything be different today? I think we can all relate that with anyone we've been in, had in the past. Like looking back, if I change one thing, where would we be today? But remember, don't call your ex. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't let Taylor tell you to call your ex. But she also mentioned never leaving well enough alone, which is, of course, a line from me. She goes, I never leave well enough alone, right? And she brings it up again in this song. So in my opinion, that's some kind of Easter egg. Can I decipher it? Absolutely not. But it's a really good song. I know a lot of people have said that it's their favorite song on the album or in their top five. This is probably top six. This is probably number six for me. But, I mean, this song, in my opinion, is someone you date in your, quote, roaring 20s. And that you thought was it the one, but in reality they weren't. They've moved on, or you have, whatever the case may be. One other thing she says in that is chosen family, which is a very LGBTQ plus thing to say. Um, I thought that was an interesting line. Because, again, there are always these, you know, people thinking things and... I don't know, I just, I thought it was interesting saying chosen family because it's a very LGBTQA plus thing to say. Now we have Cardigan. And surprised, honestly, I was surprised I liked this song. Typically, I don't like lead singles from Taylor. But she came through with this one in More Surprising. After listening to the album, this song is 100% one of the lower songs on the list for me. But I like to call this version Taylor Del Rey, like Lana Del Rey, except it's Taylor. You guys probably got that. I don't think I needed to explain that. Anyway, I like this song. It's very calming. I do love the lyrics, a friend to all is a friend to none, because that's something my grandma used to tell me. And I mean, a song about a cardigan quoting something my grandma used to say, I have to like it. I have no choice. Again, I asked the Laguna Beach Facebook group kind of what they thought of different songs. And a lot of you guys really liked The Last Great American Dynasty. And this song reminded me of The Lucky One on Red, from Red, but also the line, she brought her 
bitch pack friends from the city. What a line. I truly cannot wait to take pictures with my friends and caption it bitch pack friend from the city. Like I'm just I'm ready for it. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready for it, Taylor. But Rebecca seemed like a good fucking time. Let's be clear about that. I would like to be friends with this Rebecca. We could have pools full of champagne. Blowing money on boys in the valet. Okay, I'm here for it. And again, this kind of reminds me of this is why we can't have nice things. Because swimming in a champagne sea, you have pools full of champagne. What's going on there? What's what's going on, Taylor? Is there any is there any kind of correlation or no? But apparently she wrote this about the woman who owned her Rhode Island home before she did. And it kind of cracked me up because she said I had a marvelous time ruining everything. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but her neighbor has like hated her when she first moved into her Rhode Island home. They were sick of paparazzi. And she did a bunch of construction on the rock wall in front of her home so people couldn't like climb up and be in her backyard. Obviously, I don't know if that's what she's referring to, but it really cracked me up. They're like, oh, we got rid of Rebecca. Now we have Taylor. Oh my God. So let's talk about exile. Are we ready to talk about exile? I don't know if I'll ever be ready to talk about exile. This song is beautiful. This song is a conversation between two people. And if I could quote this whole song, I would. Unfortunately, I can't sing like either of these people, but if I could, it would be over for all you guys. I'm just kidding. But in my opinion, this is like a grown-up version of The Last Time, which is from Red. In the end, where it's like, you didn't even hear me out. And she goes, you didn't even hear me out. And then Bon Iver sings, you never gave a warning sign. And the response is, I've gave so many signs. I feel like this is a fight I've gotten in with someone who I may have been in an entanglement with. It's been like this, but I feel like you have so many signs. I've given you so many signs. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean I gave you no signs? Open your fucking eyes. That's that's how this song makes me feel. <laughs> but this is definitely one of the best Taylor songs ever. Um, bon Iver, I've never listened to him. I probably am not going to listen to him, but he's great in this song. Actually, you know what? That was so like lame of me to say. I'll give him a shot. I'll give him a shot, guys. Okay. But the lyrics are so heartbreaking and it might be in my top 13 songs. I might have to add it to the top 13. My Tears Ricochet. So I don't know if you guys know this, but all of Taylor's albums, track five is a heartbreaking song, always. Eight albums later, she's still doing it. And this song, in my opinion, is about her leaving Big Machine. It's kind of like a big fuck you to Scott Bruschetta. If I'm dead, why are you at the wake? Boom, painful. I'm dead to you. Stop talking about me. I think that when she mentions you wear the same jewels, it means her diamond albums, gold albums, all that stuff. And then this line, whoo, this line took me out. And when you can't sleep at night, you hear my stolen lullabies. Give her back her song, Scott and Scooter. But to me, I think her writing a song like this directed at him is better than saying like, fuck you out loud. And anyone who hears it, I mean, some people are like, oh, this is about Scooter and it might be about Scooter too. But I think this was a direct shot at Scott because Scott really like fucked her over. Now we're going to talk about Mirrorball. And honestly, I do not care for this song. I know a lot of people love it. I just don't really feel it. I mean, listening to it, I'm kind of like, all right, all right, I don't, I can't listen to this song right now. Maybe give me a week or two, I'll be very into it. But I think it means that she can be ever whoever you want her to be or she can show you whoever you want to be. I don't know. But I don't hate it. But it doesn't like break my heart, which is what I was really looking forward to. Seven. A lot of people love this song, Seven. And the chorus is so fucking catchy. Can we agree with that? Sweet tea in the summer. Ba, 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 ba. I am obsessed with it. 
It's just simply such a good song. Also, only Taylor can say, your braids like a pattern, love you to the moon and to Saturn, or you can hide, we can hide in the closet, and people be like, yeah, this is definitely about Joe. Only Taylor can get away with that. Now we're going to talk about August, and some people think that something is going to happen on August 7th because of the way these songs are, but I don't know. I mean, she just released this surprise album, and it's not like she can tour or anything, but who knows? Who knows with Taylor? Who knows what she has up her sleeve? Up her cardigan sleeve, I should say. But August, this song reminds me of Old Taylor a little bit. Another one that's like easy to listen and it seems to be a favorite among everybody. Meet Me Behind the Mall. I just love that song so much. It has such a nostalgic feel. It's such a teenager thing to say like, hey, meet me behind the mall. Let's talk. And I'm sure that's something I said at some point. But this is, she said that some of these songs are about like a, um, a teenage love triangle. So we know what she's been watching. We know she's been watching One Tree Hill or The O.C. or literally any teen drama. All of them have love triangles. Could be Laguna Beach. Is this the Stephen, Kristen, and Lauren saga? Stephen, Kristen, Sam, let's be real. Anyway, the next song is This Is Me Trying. And the line, Wasted Like My Potential, in my opinion, is the highlight of the song. And I also love the line, In my words shoot to kill when I'm mad. Let's be real. If I get real angry, I feel that. I can just go off on someone and be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, but I said it because I shoot to kill when I'm mad, right? I'm, I'm here to make you as angry as I am, as hurt as I am. I've grown out of that, I will say. I've grown out of that a little bit. But again, I think I think all these things, like with all these songs, there's always a little nugget that you can relate to. But I also wish that this song was playing with like a Ryan and Marissa scene or maybe like Jake and Peyton. I feel like a longing glance after Ryan chases after Marissa or something with this song in the background. So good. At least I'm fucking trying is what she should have said because she says fuck twice in this album. Oh my God, it's so exciting. All right, now we're at Illicit Affairs, which is one of my favorites. I'm obsessed with this song. When she's like, tell your friends you're on a run, you'll be flushed when you return. Okay, Taylor, we're grown up now. But you guys probably know who I think this song is about. I'm not going to say their name, but you already know. One of my top songs on the album. Again, I can picture a whole storyline just with this song. It's definitely going into my Taylor Swift musical, but I feel like I can picture like One Tree Hill or something with this. And again, there are moments where I hear old Taylor in her voice and I just love it. Also, I've never been in an illicit affair, but after listening to the song, I think I want one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I could never do that. But I could, like I said, I feel like you could write a whole story just with this one song. And I don't want to be like, I don't want to sound lame, but I feel like Taylor really inspires the hell out of me. I actually love to write. That's something I don't really talk about. I love writing. Hopefully one day I can figure out how to write a script or something. I just, I really love to write. And I feel like Taylor is literally like the soundtrack to my writing. All right, let's talk about Invisible String. And a lot of people think this song is about Joe, but I really don't. And I know a lot of people do think that. And I think this is a song about her looking back on a past relationship that she had a long time ago because there's always that invisible string like tying you two together. And I know this album isn't supposed to be about her. So maybe this song is about Ryan and Marissa too. I don't know. And I just keep saying them because that's like my muse, the angsty muse couple for this um, album. But there is one part where she's like, cold, my axe to grind for the boys who broke my heart. Now I send their baby's presents. And today, 
Sophie and Joe had their baby and named it Willa. And I wonder if Willa likes her gift from Taylor Swift. All right, let's get into Mad Woman. Can we get into Mad Woman? Is that cool with you? Now, remember when she wrote that song, Dear John, and we all knew it was about John Mayer? She should have named this song, Dear Scooter Braun. It's, it's my favorite song. I love Angry Taylor. Give me that anger. Like, just give me that angst and get me all fired up. And also when she said fuck in this song, my jaw dropped. I was very excited about that. I was like, Taylor, say fuck again. But I love the line, the master of spin has a couple side flings. That's her suggesting that whoever this song is about has side pieces, okay? I think we know who this song is about. But a lot of people think that this song is about Kim and Kanye, but I think maybe Kim and Scooter, but also Scooter's wife, Yale, Y-A-E-L, Yale, I think her name is. She's come out against Taylor too. She's come out and said a bunch of trash about Taylor, but I know that Scooter has tried to manage Kanye, so, and there's like a connection between, obviously, Kanye, Scooter, and Kim, but I'm not sure if it was Taylor who said this, but there's this quote that says, men react, women can only overreact. And I really thought about that quote this entire song. Again, Taylor has the best bridges. This song's no different. And I feel like this is like a not ready to make nice moment for her. I feel like she channeled that inner Dixie Chicks anger and just let it out in this song. Epiphany. We're going to talk about Epiphany. And I have to be real. I think this is my least favorite song on the album. I just think it's kind of boring. But you know what? I'm sure it's going to play on Grey's Anatomy at some point. Because it just, it sounds like some kind of Grey's Anatomy song that would be playing when someone passes away. (laughs) I know that sounds bad, but yeah. We're going to talk about Betty now, okay? We're going to talk about Betty. Now I'm going to say this, and I know that Taylor could be telling a story. It could be about herself. It could not be about herself. So I'm just going to say that, okay? But in my opinion, this is like a queer anthem if I've ever heard one. The song reminds me of old Taylor so, so much, especially at the end. And I just love it. Fun fact... Inez and James are Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's daughter. And also Taylor is named after James Taylor. So when she references James, a lot of people are thinking she may be referencing herself. And also Taylor, yeah, I'll trust you in my garden any day. Let's just hang out. (laughs) But I'm really surprised that she put out a song like this because it's opening a big conversation about whether this song is about girls, right? It's, It's very different. And... Then there are ones saying the song is about, you know, three teenagers stuck in love, as a few other songs are. And I think Taylor said some songs were about that. But again, like, Vulture has picked up on this. It called them a queer anthem. Um, And I'm really surprised that she put out a song like this. I mean, she has put out, like, love songs and things like that, obviously. But this this one just hits a little different. Hits a little different. And um, side note, very, very exciting. She also says fuck in this song, and we love that. All right, let's talk about Peace, the song Peace. Honestly, this is one of those songs where I'm like, wow, she knows a lot of big words. And I bet she is just there like reading her dictionary, using her thesaurus. Again, I need to know what I'm crying to, Taylor. But I actually think that this is up there as well, you know, definitely up at the top of these of the album when it comes to my favorite songs. I just like it. I love how her voice sounds. I love how kind of simple it is. And I love that she says, I talk shit with my friends because same. Also the line, clowns to the West, like, I see you, Taylor. I know what you're doing. I see you. And let's talk about Hoax. Hoax, the last song on the album. Everyone says that Joe is her blue. Like when she talks about blue, she's referencing Joe. But I feel like this song's a breakup song. I feel like this album's kind of a breakup album. 
And yeah, like I said, this is like, in my opinion, the biggest like breakup song. And it's almost like, oh, all this was fake. And it almost sounds like someone cheated on someone and maybe it's been forgiven. Maybe it hasn't. She brings up New York and we all knew, know who I put with New York, which I found interesting. Joe is London. Joe is her London boy. New York is someone different. Again, this is me just kind of like talking about each song and I, I know it's not like a huge, huge deep dive. So I genuinely recommend you listen to Kate Kennedy. I hope that I did okay though. But in my opinion, this album is full of incredible lyrics, beautiful songs, and it's really just so different. I know that she said this album is from things she's thought about during quarantine, but also some stories are her own. And it really does sound like a breakup album to me. I know the Swifty fandom holds Joe very close, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. It sounds breakup. I think that maybe this might be the last nail in the coffin. I mean, Joe and Taylor, maybe they parted ways. I'm kind of shocked that he hasn't posted something on his stories to suggest that they're together, especially when everyone's talking about how this sounds like a bisexual album and how this sounds like a breakup album. And I mean, with like the queer anthems and bisexual vibes, like I said, and just so you know, it's not me. Just look online, like look on Twitter, you'll find plenty. And I'm not trying to like put my own sexuality on her. I'm just saying like a lot of people have written that. And with a song like Betty, it's kind of like, what? You know what I mean? But I also think that this album means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I think that's really beautiful. You know, that's what folklore is all about, right? Stories passed down from generation to generation, meaning different things to different people. And this definitely became my second favorite Taylor album. I just have to say this. Let's sad girl summer begin. It's time for me to flourish. Let me be sad. Real talk, Taylor. Can I get on your PR list now, though? Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you liked the little Taylor deep dive. I know it's probably not everything you wanted, but I will try and figure out more Easter eggs. And by figure out, I mean look on Reddit. Hope you guys love the album. (laughs) Like it's my own. Like I hope you guys really love the album. But thank you guys for tuning in every week. I really appreciate it. Um, And I'll talk to you next week and the week after that and the week after that because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Thank you for taking time though to like hang out with me for an hour a week, 40 minutes a week, whatever it is. I have a lot of fun and I hope you guys do too. And if you want to join the Facebook group, just Google, uh, just go to Facebook and search The Laguna Biatches and it's a closed group. The answer is either Spencer or Audrina or that's it right now. I've been blocked by Tessa from season three too. I guess. But, oh, and real quick, a lot of people are like, are you ever, ever gonna put together a season three of Laguna podcast? I will. I don't think it'll be an episode by episode podcast just because I really don't want to like do that. But I think I'm going to do an overview and it's going to just, it's just going to drop. It's just going to drop one day. Okay. I don't want to give a timeline on it, but I hope you guys have an awesome week and I will talk to you next week. As always, feel free to DM me. You know, I like talking to everybody and I hope you guys have an awesome week and I'll talk to you later. Bye.